From Mediacorp and One Up Media, this is Post Love. Essays on love, life, and everything in between. Maybe it's not marriage. Maybe it's love. I just hope that someday someone would love me. Well, because I've only loved one man. Love. I've got all sunshine. Never going to feel no other kind of love. Rekindling an old flame. Despite what it looks like on social media, the truth is that there are no perfect marriages. Everyone makes see how much we love each other posts. I've made them. My wife has made them. But happiness comes in waves and troughs. It's one of those social media traps couples fall into. And when a marriage is going through a rough patch, well, there are other traps too. My name is Patrick, and I've been more or less happily married to my wife, Laurel, for almost seven years. So maybe it was the seven-year itch. Or maybe it was the drudgery of pandemic lockdown and being in each other's faces 24-7. It was also possible that I was beset by some foolish notion that other people were happier and more content in their holy wedded matrimony than I was. Maybe it was all of those things, or maybe it wasn't. But what I know for sure is that it was definitely about Serene. You see, Serene was my first girlfriend as an adult. My first flame, you could say. We met at a party when I was still in the army, and it was as passionate and as intense as what you see in movies or on TV. We were young, in love, and wanted to be together all the time. We dated on and off for two years, but eventually the flames of passion died down. Mainly, I really didn't think Serene was a person I could spend the rest of my life with, have kids with, or grow old with. And we were then off for good and firmly on separate life paths. After Serene, I was in short-lived relationships one after another. And then, like a blessing, I found Laurel. Laurel was everything Serene hadn't been. She was calm, matter-of-fact, confident, and independent. Laurel was a grown-up. In the often strange way that life happens, Laurel turned out to be the reason I even started thinking about Serene. As the pandemic just started to wane, my wife wanted to clean out the second room to make way for a future baby. When she said that, I laughed. You know that a baby will sleep with us, right? Whatever, we'll still need space for the baby's stuff. A child needs to have their own space, Laurel said. I felt a wave of irritation. A baby? I wanted to retort. How are we ever going to have a baby when we hardly even sleep together? I wanted to say. I couldn't even remember the last time we did. But I said nothing. So please, clean out the closet in there. Because it's mostly your stuff. Unless you want me going through it. Laurel added as she walked away. I went into the room, which was supposed to be our shared study. Laurel had already begun throwing out papers. I opened the closet and was greeted by the sight of shoeboxes, clothes I didn't wear, and I started sorting them into donate piles and keep piles. In the back, I caught sight of an 80 by 60 centimeter box that I didn't recognize until I opened it and a faint wasp of fragrance filtered out. I knew what was in it. It was the Serene box. A 
a kind of Pandora's box. I spent the rest of the day in that second room sorting through its contents. There were notes and photographs, soft toys that she had given me, one very big teddy bear. There were ticket stubs and an inordinate number of greeting cards. Not just birthdays, but Christmas, Valentine's, and some half a dozen that had no occasion at all. Gifts she had made for me, Serene was an artsy, craftsy person. So there was a hat she had knitted, a mug she had sculpted, an A5 size portrait that she had done of the two of us, a jacket that she also had so we could match, and a large jumble of assorted odd and rather intimate items that no one would really know the meaning of. A white lace garter, a red ribbon, a handkerchief, a white tank top with a pink heart, and one of those stress relief squeezy toys. Why I held on to this for so long in the first place remained a mystery to me. After we broke up, I guess I packed all of it into this box and never opened it again. And when Laurel and I were married, the box went directly from my parents' house to mine. Laurel was pleased that I had done such a neat, quick job of cleaning out the baby's room, with things sorted out in black trash bags to be taken out, and nothing much left in the closet but a few winter things that I wanted to keep, badminton records, and two pairs of shoes. What she didn't know was that Serene's box was in another marked trash bag ready, not to be donated, but to be brought to my office the next day. That's what kicked me off on a mental trip down memory lane. For some reason, the sudden sight of those things jolted me out of my boring, humdrum existence and catapulted me back to those wild, passionate days with Serene. When Serene and I were together, we couldn't get enough of each other. Or more specifically, it seemed, she could not get enough of me. She was always calling, always needing, always wanting me to be right by her side. That's a powerful feeling, scintillating and addictive, even in the mere memory of it. One thing led to another, seemingly on its own. Reading the letters, remembering the things that happened relating to all the items in the box. And later, after Laurel had gone to sleep, looking for Serene online. It turned out that like me, she'd found someone too. They were married with no kids, just like us. Yet, I studied the pictures on her profile page. I'd forgotten how pretty she was, how alluring. I clicked onto a message and sent her a DM, hello, without even considering that it was quite late at night on a weekday. I was about to shut down my laptop when I nearly jumped, startled by its ping. It was Serene. Hey, you. She replied. And then there they were, her signature pink hearts. She asked how I was. She asked what my life was like. And I told her the truth. What are you saying? What do you mean? That was serene for you. Always going straight to the point. Are you saying you're not happy? Not wanting to answer, I retorted. Are you? Uh, yeah. Show me someone who is happy all the time. And I'll show you a liar. That line was typed out slowly. Like she was really thinking about it. I sighed, and the words fell out of my mouth before I thought about their impact. I thought I used to be, but now 
Now I don't know. And on and on it went. A couple of hours later, Serene said she had to log off, and I was surprised to find out it was well after midnight. I logged off and shut down my laptop. I hopped into the shower and thought of nothing but Serene. Even afterwards, when I was finally freshly bathed and dry, and I'd just crawl into bed at almost 2am. Why were you up so late last night? Laurel asked. Work. I was supposed to finish something by today, but spend too much time cleaning out the things, I replied, looking at my phone to hide my face. Laurel looked genuinely distressed. Oh no, well, there was no rush on that. You should have told me. Were you able to finish it? She asked. Her obvious concern made me feel guilty. I nodded. That afternoon, I said I needed to go into the office to work, but did so only to bring Serene's box over. Meanwhile, our texts resumed. At night, in the early morning when I was out for a run, I can only assume that I too had provoked the same nostalgia and yearning for the sizzle and fireworks we shared so many years ago. She seemed ardent and as responsive as I was, if not more so. You could say it was only a matter of time. We agreed to meet face to face. I suggested meeting at the Botanic Gardens on an early weekday morning, as it would be fairly easy for me to do that and arouse no suspicion at all. Serene, she had more in mind and wanted me to meet her at night, after dinner, for a drink, near where she lived. I insisted my way was better. She replied on text. You know, I could never say no to you. It was a hot, steaming day, even at that early hour, and Serene arrived in an outfit that was perfectly understandable. She wore a very short, white spaghetti-strapped sundress and white sneakers. Her long hair was up in a high ponytail. When we hugged each other awkwardly, her lithe, bare arms pulled me in and held me a fraction of a second longer than necessary. So much so that I was aware of her entire body and the very hypnotic scent of her. Shall we walk around before we sit and have coffee? Or actually, what about a mojito? I mean, it's not every day I get to be with the love of my life again. Serene said, trying to make her voice light. I stared at her and thought, Was Serene the love of my life? But wasn't that Laurel? No, let's walk and earn our drinks, how about that? I don't care, honestly. Whatever you want. You know me, I'll do whatever you want. That was a phrase that got me. Serene had always wanted to do what I wanted to do. She always wanted to please me. I felt the embers of our past flame rekindle within me, just being there with her. Like old times. We walked slowly under the shade of the trees trying to keep cool as we caught up more in depth, telling the stories that were too long for text. But I noticed in the course of her conversation how she kept touching me, on the arm, on the shoulder, a playful punch. She was always that way, very touchy-feely, expressive, needy, and sometimes even smarmy. I was not like that. As I listened to Serene prattle on, It struck me all of a sudden that Laurel was not like that either. 
when we first met, I pursued her with no idea of how she felt towards me, which in its own way was exciting. Whereas with Serene, there was no mystery. Serene was passionate, open and intense. She put it out there, front and center. Serene kept on talking as we trudged on in the pressing heat. Then she stopped and sighed and blew the bangs off her forehead. Hey, you haven't said a single word. How about we go back and get a drink right now? We were completely alone, and the air hung heavy with humidity. She made eye contact, leaned in close, and ran her finger along my upper lip to wipe off my sweat. Is this hot enough for you? She smiled, and brought her face in close to mine, in an unmistakable invitation. I backed away, mumbling. It's, it's too hot. Let's go get some lime juice. There was no mistaking where Serene wanted to take this. And if I'm being honest, a part of me had desperately wanted that too. But now that we're face to face, I felt sick. Sharing this time with Serene made me remember Laurel, how it all began, how we fell in love. I began thinking about all I could lose and all that was at risk. We walked back to the cafe, with Serene looking confused. I asked her more questions about her husband, about how they met, and about what she loved most about him. We found a table and I motioned for her to sit down, and then went to get us both iced coffees. Our conversation continued, and Serene followed my lead, asking me about Laurel. Like I said, Serene always liked to give me what I wanted. When I reached home about lunchtime, Laurel was waiting for me, a troubled look in her eyes. Patrick, are you okay? Darling, you've been weird all week. I know, I know, and I'm sorry. I met her questioning eyes. Tell me, Laurel said. And so I did. I told her about the box, about the texts, about seeing Serene, and then seeing the light. I told Laurel that I didn't love Serene, that I did not want Serene, I want you, I said to Laurel. Laurel started sobbing softly. I reached for her hand and told her I loved her. She then began to tell me the things that she wanted from our marriage. I could tell that it was difficult for her too, and when she paused, I squeezed her hand encouragingly. If one of us could start expressing ourselves, maybe the other would follow. And that would be the beginning of love on an even deeper level. And just as strange as it was that my wife had opened the road to temptation, it was even more peculiar that it was my revelation of a near affair that led us to be completely honest with each other, perhaps for the first time in our marriage. It felt right, and it felt good. I was glad and grateful to have dodged the bullet and escaped with my marriage and self-respect intact. I married Laurel and wanted her as my life partner. Laurel was the love of my life. Right then and there, I knew I would never put our marriage at risk again.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Post Love, brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by OneUp Media. If you would like to share some feedback or share your own stories, drop us an email. Our email is found in the description. This episode is produced by Yo Guangjin, audio engineering by Marie, voiced by Gloria, and script by Noel. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy from MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Post Love.